0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 138 of the Mo Money podcast and uh, the first episode in season 6 of the show and oh, happy new year and happy 2018 thanks for letting me take a little bit of a break in December I definitely needed it, I needed some time to organize my life, get some things done and take a little bit of a rest Uh, and uh, I got one of my last and biggest goals for 2017 done right, I mean literally a few days before December 31st Um, so I think I'm mentioned it a couple times in the podcast here and there. But uh, I uh, finally, finally completed uh, my training to become a financial counselor. Uh, I took the uh, program uh, to become an accredited financial counselor, Canada, and finally finished my coursework and passed my last exam on December 29th because I'm a crazy person and I really want to get it done before the new year. And I did it and I passed. Woo woo. And I finally got my accreditation and my certificate. So uh, if you're ever wondering, hey, who is this chick talking about money and uh, what's her credentials? Well, I've got some in the form of a certificate as a cr- accredited financial counselor, Canada. So There you go. Um, Yeah, so that is uh, a big thing that I accomplished. I hope you all have uh, had a lovely holiday season as well and are ready to take charge in 2018. Um if you need some kind of motivation, highly recommend you check out my YouTube channel where I have some videos about me uh kind of deconstructing my 2017 visual, uh, vision board and then making a new one for this new year. Honestly, vision boards, they sound silly, sound ridiculous. They totally work though. They totally work. I can't believe I accomplished most of what I had on my vision board. Um so yeah, I'm i con- I'm a convert. I'm I'm into vision boards now. It's a thing. I love it. It's great. Um, but anyways, uh, that's not what this episode is about. It's not about vision boards. This one I'm so excited about because I get to talk to someone I used to listen to myself on the radio for years. Though he doesn't like me sharing. At what age I was young? I may have been in middle school, but still, uh, I'm talking about. Uh, I am going to be interviewing Buzz Bishop, who is the founder of Dad Camp, a popular Canadian dad blog and also a community that he created to encourage fathers to meet up, get together with their kids, to make friends, share ideas, and just have a good old fun time. Uh, And his website focuses on creating a discussion around parenting issues, the portrayal of fathers in the media, and of course stories about his two boys. Buzz is also a radio host and media professional with over 25 years experience and has of course been featured on every kind of media outlet you can imagine, the Globe and Mail, CBC, CNN, and even Good Morning America. And in this episode, we're going to talk about why he started Dad Camp, why he wanted to get this conversation flowing about parenting, and then dive into some money talk, how he learned about money and how he's teaching his kids about money and why he thinks it's so important. So uh, before I get to that fabulous interview with Buzz Bishop, here is just a few words about this episode's sponsor. Support for this episode of the Mo Money podcast comes from Tangerine Investments. Did you know that over a quarter of Canadians are committing to better money management practices for 2018? Did you also know that 63% of Canadians feel that investing is scary? If you're nodding your head right now because you're in one, if not both of those groups, then let's turn those New Year's resolutions into actionable goals this year. And let's start by getting you over that fear of investing so you can start growing your money to reach your financial goals sooner. Not sure where to start? You should check out Tangerine. Tangerine offers investment funds that are low cost, and they have a simple approach that doesn't require you to be an expert. Tangerine offers five distinct portfolios depending on your needs, risk tolerance, and investment goals. The best part? You can get started online in minutes, and their investment experts are just a phone call away. To learn more, visit tangerine.ca slash investments. Once again, that's tangerine.ca slash investments. Thank you, Buzz, for joining me on the Mo Money Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me on, Jessica. appreciate it.
0: You're so welcome. As I mentioned uh, before I hit the record button, long time listener to you. So it's kind of funny (laughs) to do this, to have you on my show. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, thanks for adding the long time part. You couldn't say you just, you know. I
0: mean, not that long ago. (laughs)
1: No, you, I didn't listen
0: to you in 1993 when
1: I was in grade eight or something.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I won't mention the year, but whatever. Come on. I'm fangirling. Just let me have it. Uh, yeah, so I'm super pumped that you're on my show uh, because, well, even though I know you as being a radio personality, you... Uh, well, I, I want to kind of get into a little bit about where you came from, everything like that. But I think it's so cool that you've got a new venture called Dad Camp, which I love. I think it's brilliant at, because it's not a, just about like community building, but it's also about giving back. So I'm like, to what? That's amazing.
1: You no, know, you know, when I lost my job um, about six years ago, when I first experienced a break in employment, um, I, I needed a way to network and meet with other dads. And there was, great unconferences that happened in the early days of social media, where there was bar camp and cupcake camp and demo camp, where people would get together and talk about new ideas for entrepreneurship and and, and new apps and business ventures. And an unconference would happen where people would scribble on a whiteboard the topics they would want to discuss. And then the crowd would say, oh, we want Joe to talk to us about finance. And, And then that's what would happen during that conference. Now, my son was born. He was just about two, and had another one on the way. And I couldn't always go to these unconference events where everybody was networking and having fun. And so I decided to create Dad Camp, a an unconference collection of meetups for guys whose career and personal life and family were all kind of in flux. And so we had um, meetups where we would go and and ride it big miniature train together, or we mm-hmm. go to a junior hockey game together, pick pumpkins in a pumpkin patch. And we'd bring our kids and meet, talk about dad things, yeah. but we were active and engaged parents at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what dad camp has, has blossomed into for me. Um, it's the name of my blog and my parenting site and my online persona when it comes to dealing with my kids, but it's opened me up to a world of, of guys who uh, are active and engaged parents who dads are parents too. We need diaper change tables in our bathrooms and yeah. uh, none of these doofus dads in, in product commercials. And we're just trying to elevate the perception of fatherhood in mass media. And so mm-hmm. what I was doing in my little, Click in Vancouver has now become uh, an international thing. And uh, the dad 2.0 summit is having its seventh meeting uh, in February in new Orleans. And that's just a collection of dads getting around and talking about being dads and mm-hmm. doing the blogging thing on the side. But it's really, it's just kind of like, I love my kids. I love being a dad. What's it like being a dad, raising daughters or what's it like being a gay dad or, and just all the issues around fatherhood. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: That is amazing, and it's true. When I think of you know, kind of parenting groups, you kind of think of the typical mom groups. I think well, it's like there aren't that many. Yeah, mom groups. I'm a mom. Exactly, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, there isn't. I, I didn't know before I heard of Dad Get There. I'm like, I don't think there's anything like that out there right. before you created that. I've never heard of anything like it.
1: We also have a connection, a collection of Canadian dads. There's uh, Chris Reed who runs Canadian Dad Blog in Ottawa. Casey Palmer. Uh, runs a, a blog in uh, Toronto, Michael Kwan is in Vancouver, Justin Connors is, is uh, back east in the Maritimes. We've got a collection yes. of bad bloggers too. And well, we just kind of hide in the corners of the internet. But <laughs> we're, we're networking and working together to try and raise fatherhood as, a, as, as being more than just the guy who goes to work and tucks his kids into bed
0: as it should be, because as we all know, uh, kids will grow up into more independent, uh, more confident adults when they have both a mom and a father figure. It can't just be, you know, one or the other. It's so important. I mean, I know I grew up into a a very strong, confident woman because I had a really strong, confident dad that really supported me and was present.
1: Yeah, Parenting is a team sport. Absolutely. There we go.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think that's awesome. So, Part part of Dad Camp though is also there's that giving back portion. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about yeah, that?
1: So you know, many many people who write blogs have and act as influencers. We can make money doing endorsements and and working on behalf of products and brands. And I tell the stories of my kids and the things we do. And sometimes it's a deal with Boston Pizza or Dyson or Tangerine and. Uh, we get paid for those yeah. things. I flip that money into uh, team diabetes and diabetes Canada. I've been an ambassador for them for about 12 years. I run marathons and half marathons around the world. Uh, and I'm a regional chair for diabetes Canada. And uh, it, it's just kind of that thing that has inspired me as a way to give back. You know, mm-hmm. I look at parents of kids with type one diabetes and how they have to get up three times in the night to check their kids and how they, can you imagine sending a five-year-old off to kindergarten or, or to grade one and trusting that they know how to do the calculations of what they're eating, how they're exercising and how to measure their blood sugar. And, and many regions across Canada don't have protocols for kids with diabetes when they're at school. So I I think about that and, and and the chance for them to go to summer camp and meet other kids. Um, And at the same time, it's all about keeping myself healthy and active. So yeah, you know, maybe type two diabetes stays far, 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 far down the road. So I'm Absolutely. passionate about working with Diabetes Canada, and I'm glad Dad Camp gives me a chance to uh, to get back to it.
0: That's awesome. I think that's so I don't know exciting because as an influencer, I'm always very conscious of yes, I make money by partnering with brands, but I also want to make sure there's that element of giving back, helping others. Cause we are in kind of a, a unique situation where we can do that. We do have influence. So let's make sure to, you know, make that kind of part of our brand.
1: Exactly. And, and, and doing something that involves kids and being healthy and active. I just uh, make whenever I see something proactive with diabetes, Canada and, and how they, they work things that just, it, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of selfish and you know, giving back Really is a selfish thing. I know you feel good. (laughs) I love how it makes me feel. So that's kind of being selfish when I give back because I I love how it makes me feel.
0: I know it's a good selfish, but I know what you mean. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk a little bit about. um, I I think that's amazing that you have this kind of part of you, and you're still doing the. You're still on the radio. You're still doing that. So you're a very busy guy. (laughs)
1: On the air in Vancouver and Calgary. Yeah.
0: Amazing, so we talked a bit about how you uh choose to use the money that you make as an influencer and you know of the owner of Dad camp and everything like that, but uh it does seem like you know you you are at a certain level of success, you clearly know how you know a value of a dollar and how to manage your money well because you've gone to this level. uh When did you learn how to manage your money uh well and responsibly
1: uh I don't. <laughs> <laughs> really it has been a recent thing. I'm the kid who when you'd go out at Halloween trick-or-treating, all of my candy would be done like within forty eight hours. Oh really? Mother, oh yeah, my brother and sister would hoard it and save it and, and keep track of it. Um I'm a very much an instant gratification person mm-hmm. and without certain tools that I had early in my life, yeah I would be in a very bad place today. It's only really been in the past two years that I've really focused on how to handle my paycheck and how it manages debt and getting rid of debt and really focusing on saving. But it was my dad in my early twenties, once I got my first job yeah. that told me to get an RRSP and knock 50 bucks a paycheck or hundred or whatever you can afford. But in my early twenties is when I started doing that. And without that lag time, I'd be in a terrible situation right now. It's only been in the past uh, couple of years where I've gone, I mean, I've had the same financial planner the whole mm-hmm. way, but I've gone and, and looked at where I am and where I'm going to be. You know, something happens in your mid forties where all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, <laughs> I am really close to retirement. Yeah. You're close. You, know, <laughs> it's, it's, you, you want to look back and go, did I do it right? And look forward. And am I in the right path? So I'm in that position where I'm looking both directions and I'm thankful my dad told me in my early 20s mm-hmm. to put something away. And even though there have been big downfalls in the in the economy since mm-hmm. then, especially that 2008 hit, yeah. which knocked everybody down. Terrible year. <laughs> I've, I've been, but I've been doing it for 20 years. So mm-hmm. I'm okay. And now exactly. as I look forward and I'm at a certain successful point in my career, um, I'm putting more money than I ever thought possible away. And I'm going to be okay at the end. But it, mm-hmm. it, it really is looking back and starting early that mm-hmm. really saved me because the in a, the everyday in and out thing, I'm terrible at it.
0: So you kind of mentioned that there's a couple tools that really helped you get to where you are. Uh, it sounds like one of those tools is kind of doing like that, uh, you know, pay yourself first is kind of like the term, right? So you just like, you're putting money away into your RSP. It's locked in there. You cannot touch it. That's clearly been a successful tool for you.
1: Yes, it has. And and, um, and it's only been recently that I've been able to use tools like a TFSA mm-hmm. or, or some sort of liquid savings where if something does go sideways and is traumatic in my life that I, I have emergency savings that I can get at. Mm-hmm. but. It's really the long term stuff that is, is keeping me okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So basically, you, you kinda, it sounds like you have the structure of, you know, you, you know what your bills are and your expenses are, but you, you tuck your money away into any, all those savings accounts, your emergency fund, your TFSA, your RRSP, and then you kind of spend the rest and it yeah. kind of works for you. And, yeah. It's and less and complicated. It's not that complicated.
1: Two weeks or twice a month, there's, it's a zero, but,
0: but still. <laughs> but still but it's not oh, negative. <laughs>
1: exactly. And off the top, it's gone into the savings account. Like right off the right off the paycheck, so that Mm -hmm. that has been absolutely crucial for me is having something locked up far away where I don't know the password and I can't get at it without asking permission. So you know, I I did access it once to uh, like to make my first home purchase. Yeah, borrowed from that and paid it back over time, and that was very beneficial. But having an RSP locked away has been
0: awesome. So that's. Great. And I highly recommend that to people that are, that don't like, for me, I'm like a, I'm obviously a numbers person. I like to like track my spending like a hawk. I'm crazy like that. I like, I get pleasure out of it. Most people don't. So I think, yeah, doing kind of how you do is kind of the easiest way for anyone to actually uh, save without really feeling the pain of it. You don't, you don't miss it, right? Cause it's automatic. No, you, don't. you don't even see it.
1: No. It is when I get that up, when I get the pay stub, it's already gone and it's, never in my bank account to begin with. It's taken out right. the same day I get paid. And so you never really, yeah, you never made it in the first place. It's just mm-hmm. an extra
0: tax on yourself. Exactly. I like that tax on yourself. Exactly. I like that. So knowing that, what are you trying to instill in your kids? So they'll, you know, be at your level when you're uh, there, your age, or if not, you know, further ahead.
1: Sure. One, the first thing we did is immediately after our kids were born, is we open an RESP in their name.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is so great because when your kids are under two, trust me, they don't need anything. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to tell you, oh, what can I get them Do they? Oh, let's get some booties. Let's get a toy. Let's get a book. It's like, no, just make sure they're clean and smiling and fed and they sleep. Like that's all they really need. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to all these spoiling, like cute onesies and diaper bags and all that stuff, tell people just to put, Money in the RESP. You really? want to give my a $25 gift? Yeah, put the $25 over here. I'll give you the, the link. And so my parents did that with first Christmas presents and birthday presents. Okay, maybe they bought them something small. Yeah. But the bulk of what they wanted to spend went into that. And now it's going to sit there for 18 years. And now, you know, I've looked at that assessment in the past little bit when I was looking at my financial planning. And I, I just I looked at my boys and I said, guess what? Whatever you want to do when you grow up, you can do it. I've got that money and I've still got eight more years left before he graduates high school. And I looked at him, wow, Mm -hmm. we're going to be perfectly set up because the day he was born, we opened that RESP. And that Mm -hmm. is so crucial.
0: Huge. Because not only do they then have the opportunity to choose a school that they want to go to, uh, but – they will also have the luxury of not taking out a huge student loan and not have that debt burden when they graduate, which is, I think, the hardest realization that people my age are, you know, they'll graduate. It's hard finding a job still. And then they have like $50,000 in debt. So, right. you know, having that as your kind of starting point as an adult sucks.
1: <laughs> with the government's matching 20 um, percent mm-hmm. up front, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be 50 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And over 18 years, you're going to look. Oh, I've got twenty five thousand all of a sudden, right? Where exactly. you know, maybe it's not enough to pay if they want to do 12 years of medical school, but you're going to give them that leap in yep. and that that first step, and that's going to be crucial. The other thing we did is I opened bank accounts for our kids very very young, and <laughs> it was fun. It's it's fun taking a three year old with their piggy bank to the bank and then handing it over. Uh, Zachary asked for a tour of the vault because he wanted to know where his money was going to go. And he's like, well, how do I know when I go to the bank that they're giving me my money back? Uh- it's like he wanted that exact 25 cent piece that he puts in and, and playing with Lego and knowing about cops and robbers, he was really worried about are the robbers going to get his money? in? The <laughs> bank? And so, you know, that opens all sorts of conversations too. But when, when your kids now know that they've got savings and then they're responsible for contributing to it and when they want to spend something on a new Nintendo game or an app or something like that or then then you have the conversation about well this is what you have what are you saving for uh and Mm -hmm. and you can work those conversations at a very young age.
0: Mm-hmm. And those are really important habits to get early. Cause uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you have a kind of a, a problem with delayed gratification. If you have money, you, you'll want to spend it. But if you probably had those habits of like, well, you can spend now and you'll only have this much, or you can wait, you know, a year and you'll be able to buy this or, you know, there's more opportunities cause you'll have more money. So it's right. just like such a good, important habit to instill in kids at right. an early age
1: helping me with some of the dad camp stuff where they're, they're the ones reviewing the vacuums and playing with the apps and stuff. I pay them Mm
0: -hmm. a
1: portion of it. And then we, and we do that, that three segment, right. Where you have to give back, you save and you spend. And so my sons each have a charity. Uh, The oldest likes to help rescue animals. The youngest gives to children's hospitals so that they can buy toys for the kids while they're waiting. And then maybe it's a pack of Pokemon cards that they want. And then at the end, they they can put some money in their pig and then I'll, I'll take it to the bank later. And my oldest said he wanted to go to Florida for one of our spring trips. And I said, well, we can go to Florida when you can pay for your own airfare because it's way more expensive than I want. And within two years, he had, he'd saved up his airfare and he's like, daddy, I've got the money. We're going to Florida. Wow, I guess we
0: are. It's (laughs) like, oh, you called my bluff. I know
1: exactly. I thought that was going to take five years. Um, But when you, but when you set goals for your kids and you you teach and you train, then then they can achieve them like that.
0: Absolutely. So, besides saving, have you kind of talked to them about uh, making their money grow through investing? Like, it's a very kind of complex idea investing. And I feel like a lot of people our age even have a hard time really understanding what it is. So I feel like that's another thing that I think if we can teach our kids like the concepts earlier, then it won't be such a hurdle.
1: Sure. You know, it, it's a weird conversation that I'm having with my kids that they overhear at dinner. Uh, I've invested in some uh, marijuana ETFs mm-hmm. in my TFSA. Mm-hmm. And so my kids know that marijuana is a drug mm-hmm. and they know that drugs are bad. Mm-hmm. But so they're confused as to why daddy is a dealer. All of a sudden <laughs> you're like, no, that's not what it means. No, is like, no, it's like, it's some people use it for medic- medicinal purposes and it's becoming legal. So it's okay. And I invest in the companies. And so I'm, I'm explaining to them the mm-hmm. idea of owning a piece of a company and watching it yeah. grow all at the same time having, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs conversation. Yes. So, it, I mean, I don't know if they really understand, but, you know, they often ask how their bank account is doing. And so they they understand the idea that they're getting some interest in, mm-hmm. in, in pennies and drips and drabs. But the idea of owning a piece of a company, but not really owning the company, but having that as an investment that grows over time, we're just in the baby steps of, yeah. of having conversations
0: yeah but still it's, it's something that i mean for me i didn't learn about it until i was in my 20s i had no idea what invest i didn't know what an rsp meant i didn't no. know what a checking account was. <laughs> it's like embarrassing
1: i think my first time was like in the financial post this is when i was going to university is when i learned about in the financial post would have these like stock management contests where you i mean this is long time ago yeah like, like picking a, a a playoff pool, right? You just check some boxes and put how much you wanted to invest and see how far you could grow a hundred grand. And that was my first idea of, of, of that's what you could do. And yeah, but again, much older <laughs> than a eight and a 10 year old, which is what I have
0: now. Absolutely. So being a parent yourself, what are some things that you want other parents to know? Maybe things that you've done that have worked well, how can they similar to you have that conversation with their kids about money? Cause I know still a lot of uh, adults and parents just feel like it's a very awkward conversation, like probably as much as the birds and the bees.
1: <laughs> right. well, but Here's the thing. And it, and it relates to the birds and the bees too, is the sooner you have the conversation in age appropriate terms, the less awkward the conversation happens. I mean, I've got an eight and a 10 year old and we've been talking to them about drugs and sex for as long as they've been alive really, but it's always been in age appropriate ways. And when you open a bank account for a three year old and he goes and gets a tour of the vault and he understands that his money is there. And when you drive downtown, daddy, that's my money. Wave to my money. Hi money. You know, when you have it that way. And now when he's eight years old and he's saving for a trip to Disneyland or my, my other son who's eight is saving for his first car. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's what he's got on his mind, right? Um, when, you, when you set those goals and you have those age-appropriate conversations as you go, then it's not all of a sudden sitting down to a 15-year-old who goes, Daddy, can I have the keys? And I'm like, well, no, you save for your own car. Mm-hmm. What? How do I do that? And so have it early, have it often, and then it just becomes a conversation as opposed to a talk.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, what is- it's a Absolutely. What do you think about, I guess, I I found like this when I was a a kid, just having certain conversations with my parents, they just didn't want to talk. Like, I'd be like, how much do you guys make? Or what's it like managing like the family budget? Do you have those kind of conversations with your kids? Yeah,
1: we make a million dollars. Because the other thing you learn when you have parents is is when you do tell them the truth, is they tell their friends that. So we just pick up ridiculous numbers and just say, well, you know that's not that's it's not something that you need to talk about. Is that we have enough money and we manage it and, and yeah. So when they ask, I tell them we make a million dollars. Because mm-hmm. oh, my friend Joe is rich, and it's like oh, well, what's rich? Well, he has a big house, and right? Big house. and it's like yeah, but you know well, are you happy? Yeah, well, we're rich too. Then so mm-hmm. um yeah, it, it it's weird. I mean, it can be awkward, but yeah, like say with with the sex and the drugs and sex and drugs and money. <laughs> Age-appropriate, have it young, have it often, and then yeah. hopefully it's it's not awkward and they're not dropping big bombs on you.
0: Yeah. And just, yeah, make it, I, I like how you kind of explained it, like, you know, put it natural into the conversation so it's not like a talk where you have to sit down and they hate, I mean, kids hate that. It's annoying. It feels like a lecture and like they're in school again. So just kind of weaving into the conversation and when they ask questions, listen to what they're really asking and, and, and try to figure out how to have yeah. that conversation with them.
1: And that three jars thing, right? Yeah. yeah. You can have a six-year-old do that where they get $5 in their card from a grandparent for a birthday present. It's like, well, this is supposed to be like, let's go and have a, a Tim Hortons coffee date. All right, well, that's a $1.50. We'll put that here. And what are you saving for? I'm saving for a video game. Okay, we'll put it here. And and don't forget at Christmas time, we donate some toys or we, we uh, help with hampers for people. All right, well, let's put that here. And you get mm-hmm. those three jars and it's easy to put on a shelf and. Yeah. the kitchen. The kids can see it, and 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 those are basic, easy lessons to to learn from a young age.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you give your kids an allowance? No. Mm, uh, interesting.
1: Yeah i i I've wrestled with that back and forth. So they're ten and they're eight, mm-hmm. and I mean they have bank accounts with reasonable amounts of money where they could they could get what they want if we allowed them to have it, um, but. I just kind of when when a project comes along for the blog yeah I'll say to them okay i'll I'll pay you fifty dollars if you help me with this video for something and then we just break it down at mm-hmm. at that point and then they've got fifteen dollars to do what they want, whether by an iTunes card or deck of mm-hmm. Pokemon cards or whatever um, so they get they get money regularly enough from working that um, we haven't done the two dollar allowance thing. I don't really I can't wrap my head around how that would work either. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like, like what most people I think do for the allowances, it's usually like in uh, exchange for chores around the house. So it is sort of like, you know, you're working for it. I mean, that's what I've always understood. I never got an allowance growing up. We were just expected to help around the house. And then you got your money at, you know, for birthdays and Christmas and then you basically had to just like save that and accumulate it until you could eventually, you know, babysit or something like that. So it seems like what you're doing is kind of a a good strategy though. Because they're learning about working and earning their money on Honestly.
1: Sure. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll see what happens once, you know, maybe once real bills from them start coming in. Like cell phones and stuff? Exactly. <laughs> I still haven't wrapped around how that $50 a month bill <sighs> is going to get rationalized with an 11-year-old or a, or a 12-year-old. He's only 10. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing it off as far as I can. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll have to have more serious allowance in exchange for home, house chores or maybe it is more legitimate work with the influencing where he's writing and editing blog posts. I don't, I don't know. We'll get that office.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're, you've got some time to figure that out. I'm just so curious. I'm like, I don't have kids. I have all these questions. I'm so curious, you know, like, yeah. When do kids, well, just everything has changed so much in the past 10 years. It boggles my mind, but like, when do kids get cell phones now? I didn't get mine until university.
1: Yeah, exactly. I remember saying to a girlfriend when she got her first cell phone, I'm like, the only people who need cell phones and pagers are doctors and drug dealers. you're yep. not either of them. I mean, this was back before smartphones when it was...
0: Yeah, when it was just a flip phone. Yeah,
1: yeah when you had T9 to text.
0: Yeah, or right? T9.
1: <laughs> so like that, yeah. was, that was way back in the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you have plenty of time to figure that out. Though, from my personal perspective, if you can hold off the giving them a phone... Hold that off until you can because then they'll just be glued to it. And it's like a whole problem my generation is dealing with. Like we have apps to tell us to stop looking at our phone. Like it's a problem. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> well, My favorite app right now is they got a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. And uh, the Nintendo Switch has an app with parental controls on it. So you can see the time that they spend and which games they're playing. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've let them have free range for the first month. So I can see how they self-regulate. And then if I need to put the controls on, then I'll put the controls on. So my wife and I looked at it last night and saw that they played four hours of video games on Sunday. We said to our youngest, like, how long did you play video games today? I don't know, 45 minutes. And I showed (laughs) them the app and I'm like, three hours and 45 (laughs) minutes. Wow. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah." So yeah, I can't, so I can't imagine. It's like, okay, we'll get you a one gig limit. How many gigs did you use? 200 megs? No, you used 200 gigs. <laughs>
0: exactly. We need
1: to get them understanding these things. First. Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was such a pleasure chatting with you. Where can people find more information about you and DadCamp?
1: DadCamp is simple. It's DadCamp.ca, and that will point you all around the Internet, or I'm at BuzzBishop on a lot of socials, too. And uh, yeah, this has been a treat. I'm I'm glad I've learned something too.
0: <laughs> oh, did you?
1: <laughs> yeah, that I need to be talking to my kids about allowances and how to figure that out.
0: Yeah, figure that out before they start bringing it up, so we have a plan of attack. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks again, Buzz, and uh, talk to you later. And that was episode 138 of the Momony Podcast with Buzz Bishop. Make sure to check out his website, dadcamp.com dot c a for more info about dad camp, I think it's an awesome thing, oh my gosh, I think there should be more things like this that encourages uh more discussions about parenting, but especially I like putting the focus. On dads, because I don't know where I'd be without my wonderful dad. And also, just, you know, teaching kids about amazing things like money management at an early age. How oh, amazing. So make sure to check him out at dadcamp.ca. Got a few more things that I want to talk to you about. But before I get to that, uh, I got a few words about this episode's sponsor. Support for this episode of the Mo Money podcast comes from Tangerine Investments. I don't have enough money. I'm worried I'll lose it all. I don't know enough about investing. It's just too complex for me. Have you ever thought like this before? You're not alone. But that still shouldn't stop you from investing your money so it can grow. And a great way to do this is through long-term index fund investing, which you can do easily through Tangerine. Tangerine is focused on following a smart indexing strategy and offering funds with a low MER and global diversification. And the best part is you can get started without ever having to leave your couch. To learn more, visit tangerine.ca slash investments. Once again, that's tangerine.ca slash investments. All right, all right, all right. So before you go, number one, I want to give a big shout out, just a group shout out to everyone who uh, participated in last season's contest uh, that basically was, you know, leave me an iTunes review, let me know what you uh, like about the show, and uh, you'll have a chance to win an iTunes gift card. Uh, that contest is now closed. I, you know, uh, already awarded the prizes to the winners, but I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who participated, to everyone who gave me an iTunes review. It means so, so much to me, and I'm going to try my best to give every single person who did leave me an iTunes review an individual shout-out throughout this next season. So uh, if you haven't left me an iTunes review already, make sure to do that and you'll get a shout-out. It'll be super fun to hear your name on the air. Woo-woo. So uh, thank you again. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, so... I spent some time uh, getting my uh, Accredited Financial Counselor Canada certification, and uh, that kind of means that I will be offering some financial counseling services very, very soon. Uh, I am going to reveal a lot more details in my email newsletter, so I highly recommend uh, that you subscribe. Go to JessicaMorehouse.com slash subscribe, or check out the show notes for info about that as well. JessicaMorehouse.com slash 138, and uh, I am going to be revealing some uh, details about, yeah, when I'm gonna actually open the doors to work with me one on one if that's something that you would like to do. Uh, Now, I will be continuing my listener series, um, so, but not tomorrow. I'm uh, going to be uh, restarting the listener series, so, episodes on Thursdays starting next week. So make sure to uh, get ready for that. But you are definitely going to want to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or wherever you're listening or watching because next week is going to be a pretty awesome episode. Why? Why? Because I somehow convinced one of my all-time favorite bloggers to get on my show. And if you don't know this about me, I am a total celebrity, you know, this gossip junkie i don't know why but i have been for years i just love reading crap about celebrities and the royals and all that stuff so i uh got perez hilton to be on my show next week and i'm super pumped because uh he's uh, kind of a big deal and uh, we talk about money and how he makes it and wh- what he thinks about it and it's a freaking awesome episode so make sure to uh yeah join me next wednesday for that episode and until then thanks for listening i'll catch you on the flip side